Hello there and welcome to Trope on a Rope, the show where we delve into Hollywood's toy chest and play with the puzzle pieces that have come to define cinema. Now, at this point, usually I'd go into like a separate sub-introduction that, that introduces the trope that we're going to talk about for the next three weeks-ish, depending how quick I am with the edit. <laughs> now, we chose this a couple of weeks ago, and this is trope from our trope list. This is trope number two, I'm in, you son of a bitch. Um, films where uh, like a team is is brought together to do a job and so on and so forth. I would argue, though, Cole. Yeah. Hello, by the way. I didn't introduce you properly. Hi. <laughs> I would argue that we should change that. It doesn't really count. What do you mean? Change it to what? In this in this film, like so, we're talking about the Italian job, 2003's Italian job, to be specific, with Marky Mark and Moss, Steph, and Jason Statham. Seth Green. In, in Seth Green. More on him later. <laughs> in those I'm in you son of a bitch type films, like there's like a big montage where where the group comes together, where they um, recruit everyone. I would argue in this one, the group kind of knows each other already. And uh, yeah, I believe it's after that. They've already done that job once together and then they just reassemble, basically. I think that this, this film and next film, which is yeah. uh, Dungeons and Dragons... Honor among thieves, these those two count as the revenge heist. Oh, they do. You're right, actually. Yeah, because both of them has uh, a, the guy who was part of the team. They fuck him over, and then they get revenge on him. Yeah, you're right. Okay, fair news. Um, so uh, the Italian job, 2003. I've got my little blurb for this. The Italian job follows Marky Marks Charlie, hailed as one of the best heist crew leaders in the game today. A man who sees and understands the big picture, plans for every possibility, every eventuality, but then completely bollockses up two of the three heists that are in this film, leading to one death, the near murder of everyone, hypothermia, losing a shit ton of gold through poor human resource management, losing a shit ton more to mobsters, and a broken hand. Having said that, he who last laugh, laughs last. Last laughs. God damn it! <laughs> he who badly quotes first. <laughs> he who laughs last laughs loudest, and they do win in the end. Just that you know what I'm trying to say. Imagine I said that and then laugh in hilarity. <laughs> Correct. Okay, cool. <laughs> so this film has Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb, which are not that bad, to be fair. They're both they're both the same actually. Rotten Tomatoes is seventy percent. IMDb is seven out of ten. That's exactly the same. Yes, that is. What are your initial? What were your initial thoughts about this film? Like, like to, watching it, rewatching it now, and like when it first came out. Uh, when I first heard about it, um, my first thought was, "How dare you? <laughs> mm. I'm an Englishman, and you're yeah. gonna gonna walk all over the Italian job with an American version. How dare you?" But having said that, uh, watching it, it's one of those really nicely made. It has that kind of Ocean's Eleven feel with the sliding. Yeah anime style like uh, boxes in it where they showed it people's eyes and whatever yeah <laughs> it has a really good soundtrack yeah you, you've got to have a good got to have a good soundtrack um i do like the actors i fucking you can't you can't fault ed norton in pretty much anything he does yeah yeah it's an asterisk we'll come back to ed norton, ed norton towards the end um must death i didn't even know he was an actor before I saw this, but he was he was good. Mm. Handsome Rob. Where can you go? You can't go wrong with Jason Statham. Uh, what's his name? Don uh, Glover? No. <laughs> Don Glover. 
<laughs> you're, you're too old for this shit. Um, <laughs> Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. He's uh, you know, he wasn't in it for long, but he's Donald Sutherland. Can't go wrong. And I, yeah. I don't think you like Seth Green, but I'll be honest with you, I have a big soft spot for Seth Green. I really like him ever since Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> uh, well, my initial thoughts for this are: I agree with you. I remember when this film was first announced, and maybe because we have, because we do have listeners in America and in in Japan as well. Um, maybe you don't understand that this was blasphemy when it was first announced. Yeah, like the Italian Job, the original, the nineteen sixty nine Michael Caine one, is like one of those films that they play over the Christmas holidays. If you search for it now, it's probably on TV in the next week somewhere on one of the digital channels somewhere. The landmark. Yeah, it, it is. It's a cultural um, cornerstone of the UK. So the idea that you would make a remake, blasphemy. No. An American remake. Yeah, even more so. God, no. Mark Wahlberg? Marky Mark. No, from was that new fat? Was it like a new kids on the block? Was it? I don't know what he was in. What, what, what was it? What was he in? Oh, let's let's Google that quickly. Is it was this before Marky Mark suddenly became like a really good actor when you just assumed it was just or was it had he already kind of established, established himself at this point? He was he had been in several films by, by that point, but uh, uh, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, by the way. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, He'd been in a few films. He'd been in Boogie Nights. Sorry, wait. Sorry, that and the Funky Bunch. It's just too good of a name to pass. We need to give that a moment. Silence. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Um, yeah, in the early 2000s, the time when this this film was made, he'd been he'd just been in Boogie Nights at the end of the 90s. Then he was in Perfect Storm and Planet of the Apes, uh, and then The Italian Job. See? Um so all of those first three movies weren't like I mean I, I think there's a big following for Boogie Nights, but Planet of the Planet of the X was exactly amazing, and Perfect per, even Perfect Storm wasn't wasn't very good if, as as far as it was that George Clooney Perfect Storm. Yes, yes, yeah that that movie wasn't that good either. So this is probably his first genuinely like really good movie where he's actually the lead role as well. What what I was going to say as well is is before like um, Hollywood had this massive trend of remaking everything. Like, so this is one of the first remake movies that started that trend. They did a, such a good job of it that everyone was like, oh, people like remakes. Well, saying that, like his film before that was um, Planet of the Apes, the one that makes absolutely no sense towards the end. And yeah, no, that didn't quite work out. <laughs> as far as you as far as you recall, that movie never happened. I'm sorry. I'm not entirely sure what you're talking about. Um but yeah, no, I remember like everyone was against this film and it, it had everyone against it when it came out. And then it came out and it's it's all right. I thought it was really well made. It's it does what it says on the tin. It's it's a brilliant, it's well made movie, well well acted. I like all of the characters. You say it does what it says on the tin. Uh, okay, well, that's actually <laughs> like it's called the Italian job, <laughs> and it's mostly set in LA. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I literally I doesn't. Realize I realised I, 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 I You're right. <laughs> um, it does everything except what it says on the tin. What watching it now, some of it ages quite badly. Such as mostly, I'm talking about right. Seth Green's character Lyle is Napster. Yeah, Napster. One, the Napster reference, I think, was out of date 
when the film when they came made out. the movie. Yeah, yeah, but it's supposed to be because he's talking about something that happened in the past anyway. But the, 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 that's that's the, that's kind of the joke. He's still going on about it. He's still going on about it, but the idea that that Napster itself is going well at the time. Okay, well, I, I don't think they they mentioned they say Napster's going well. It's just like Napster's gone. And yet he's still going on about it. Even when he takes it, like um, go, going uh, super far ahead, when he's like taking over the um, the traffic control center, he says, "I'm the real Napster." Like everyone in that control room is just looking at each other, going, "Oh shit, remember Napster?" <laughs> oh, what the fuck is Napster? <laughs> <laughs> like this film is twenty years old, so I assume I'm safe by 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 now. But like I remember the fact that I stole this film off the internet in two thousand and three with LimeWire. Yeah. Because Napster wasn't a thing anymore. And I think you gave it to me in a hard drive because I have never, ever stolen anything off the internet, ever, ever. <laughs> also, right, let's let's talk about Lyle, uh, which is Seth Green's character. He, he, he does not age well. Why? He's such a skeevy cunt. Oh, I mean, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> But I prefer I prefer I prefer to say he's cheeky. No, no, no. He's he he's a sex criminal waiting to happen. Like for fuck's yeah, because he's he's probably never had sex. The poor guy. <laughs> you know that girl at the end who is Kelly Brook, by the way. Yeah, she's extremely attractive. So she dies, right? Sorry, what? Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> the clothes come off. Not a skin. Jesus Christ. He stands her in front of a stereo system that is so loud it blows women's clothes off. Like she's standing right in front of it and she does scream off camera. She's dead, right? Her brain has liquefied. Her eardrums have popped. Her eyeballs have fallen out of her face. And she's had a fucking hemorrhage and is like shaking naked on the floor. No, it's because she doesn't have buttons, just poppers. So it comes off easily. Yeah, but her head has turned to jelly. Yeah, but that's what it was anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kelly Brook, that's a joke. I don't mean it. Please marry me. But yes, no, he killed a woman in that scene. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he killed a woman. Let's talk about the team then. Right, so we got our team, right? We got Charlie, which is Wahlberg. He makes the plans. He's the plan. Right, this is the thing. Even even though we're doing the, the, the heist thing, we still have to evaluate the effectiveness of the team. Who does what on the team and how well do they do it, yeah? Yep. So we got Charlie. He makes the plans. That's Wahlberg, yeah? Let's work on a percentage ratio of success. Of success. Right, he's <laughs> he's on a third at the moment, so he's got 33.3. <laughs> and then he retired. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we got John, Donald Sutherland. He's the safe cracker, okay? Doesn't do well. Uh, he does well at his job, but then he gets murked a little bit later on um, and then gets take, uh, Then his daughter, Char- Charlize Theron, takes over. Got Handsome Rob, who is... Um, Handsome. Jason Statham. Oh. He's the he's the car guy, getaway driver. The wheelman. The wheelman. Thank you. That's a better term. Uh there's Lyle slash Napster, who's the techie. Left ear, Moss Def. That's um that's the explosive expert. I thought it was a ge- ge- genius casting for that one, I have to say. Continue. Just because of his name, Moss Def. <laughs> yeah, mostly Def. <laughs> <laughs> There's Wrench later on in the later heist, who is the car mechanic. And then there's Steve, who's Edward Norton, whose skill is he knows two other guys. <laughs> no. <laughs> he, he, in the first side, he basically does everything. He, he's the, uh, I don't know, what would you call him? He's the infiltrator. He goes into an empty room and paints a square on the ceiling. 
Squares are hard. Moss Def does it from a boat underneath. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the, the film itself, right? So you've got the opening titles, and I don't know if you noticed this. If you watch the opening titles, it shows, like, the plans, the plans for mm. the heist. Actually makes sense if you watch it back again. Oh, really? It just tells you what's going to happen. Huh. I did not notice that. I just thought it was random pictures of plans. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like like first look, it's intelligible, but yeah, the second one, it's like okay, this is the decoy route. This is the uh, the safe is going to go through here, and blah 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 blah. Spells it all out. Can I ask in the Italian job, the one in in, uh, in Venice, is it Marky Mark who plans that, or is it uh, Sutherland? It's Mark. Uh, it's Marky Mark because Donald Sutherland says it later. Okay, so technically that was a success, except for the last five minutes where Donald Sutherland gets shot. <laughs> All right, stick a pin in that. Let's. I'll, I'll circle back to whether or not that's a success or not, and whether or not it's Mark Warburg's fault. Spoiler alert: I think it is. Foreshadowing um... <laughs> of the most obvious variety. Right. So let's let's do this. the The job itself in Venice is steal a safe. Yeah, safe is full of gold bullion from dudes in a room yeah. who are watching football. Ah, so it wasn't empty. Hmm infiltrator was successful what does everyone within the crew do during the planning and during the actual heist itself like there's a job for everyone during the planning like they have to use the explosives on the using the explosives the contents of the explosives as a paint to paint onto something nice like that's that. clever so most def you've earned your earned your keep um they have 3d plans of the building so that they know where to um do the do the square square explosives well done lyle you little creep leave seth green alone jason statham does transporter on a boat well done jason statham you've earned your keep dude gets the um the opens the safe well done donald soverland charlie plans it and yeah okay steve well done you did know two dudes <laughs> it wasn't the plan though it was a different plan <laughs> a plan of betrayal Here's my argument. Steve wasn't needed at all. I mean, yeah, before getting there, he was needed. But yeah, he could have stayed at home afterwards. No, I, I would say that he wasn't needed at all for the plan at all. Oh, you mean, sorry, Steve. I was I was thinking Charlie, uh, Marky Mark, sorry. No, uh, Edward Norton, for people following at home who can't remember whose name is what. Um, Edward Norton wasn't needed on this plan at all. He was. He did the... He did... No, he wasn't. What does he do? He does the explosives above the floor. He paints a square on the ceiling. One of the others could have done it. Charlie, Marky Mark was not needed on the boat underneath. Apart from like manpower of unloading gold from the from the safe into those little subs that they have. They have little subs, right? Well, they have the yeah, those little things they hold on to. So he was needed. Cause because they like it's 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 time contingent. So the faster you can unload the gold, the better. So under the water, here's my thing. Under the water, you could have had Donald Sutherland and Moss Death to help with unloading the safe. True. In their plan, they had Charlie as well underwater, so they had three people. My argument is that you could have taken Charlie out of there and put him upstairs. And then Steve could have stayed at home. And Steve could have not existed. The garbage men thing, just get have Lyle do it. Lyle wasn't needed on the boat with Jason Statham. No, he wasn't needed. He, he just got the plans, right? He could have just driven one of the boats and maybe known one other person if he needed to. You didn't need Steve at all. Plus, Steve, from a human resources... Like, if Steve came in... This is Edward Norton. If Edward Norton 
playing it the way that he was, came into like an, a job interview, you'd be like, "No, nah, you're sketchy. You're going to steal, aren't you?" Yeah, he did seem do- he did seem dodgy on every single conversation where he just rolled his eyes and went, oh, "For fuck's sake!" <laughs> and that ma- and, he might and that moustache. <laughs> yes, the moustache. Thank you. I have written moustache. <laughs> so yeah, my argument is that that Edward Norton's character, Steve was not needed. What he did during the actual heist could have been done by anyone else. What he brought to the heist was just two other people with boats, which other people could have done on the team. And he has brackets, moustache that looks sketchy as fuck. Didn't need him. So, Marky Mark, it's your fault. Poor human resource management. Yeah, it also takes away a a portion of their, their earnings if they're successful. Thank you very much, yeah. Like it, and uh, Steve doesn't even know what he wants the gold for anyway. Yeah, he's just like, um, I don't know. Uh, never thought of it. <laughs> anyway, the 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 job itself is successful. The way he plans it, and then they have a big toast, and it's like, well done. And he says a bunch of stuff that I quoted in the in the intro. It's like, oh, you saw it from every angle, like plan for every possibility, except for this sketchy guy who's standing next to us. But I mean. Uh- I mean, that guy Steve was their fr- their friend. Well, I mean, co-worker, I guess. They they tr- yeah <laughs> yeah. I suppose you're right though. He is pretty sketchy. It's sketchy as fuck. <laughs> um, they 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 drive off with they drive off in a bus, which I think is the the minibus. I think is a little bit of a um a a, a nod to the original. Pick back to the original. Um, they even they even have it they even have it teeter on the bridge for a second before it falls in. Just for a second, yeah, and all right, this is where Jason Statham lets the team down a little bit. Edward Norton inevitably fucking double crosses them. They he shoots John, um, and they say, "All right, handsome Rob, go, 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 get us out of here." And he just immediately biffs it over the edge mm-hmm. and into the water. Yeah, there were there, yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> so, so okay, so 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 far, yeah, Jason Statham is second. Well, you got you got Steve, who's basically irrelevant and a betrayer. So he's probably number one worst. Then you got Charlie, who fucked up the mm. plan. Then you've got Jason Statham, who decided to drive into a river. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Lyle and Mostef definitely ahead of the moment with one hundred percent perfection. Um, yeah, okay, keep that tally going, and we'll, we'll, we'll see what's going. Because I think for already, I think I know who's who comes out clean on this. Uh, so do I. They're hiding in the van underneath, like John is sh- um, not John, um, 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 Edward Norton and his and his goons are shooting into the water as they hide in the. I love the fact that they do have the all the way through. They do have the tools that they use to survive. Like they have the air equipment in the van so that they can stay underwater yeah. from the job before. Yeah. The, the only thing is that I don't understand why Steve doesn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Um, also, they're like hiding in the van in the door doorway of the van underwater, and they're like, "Ooh, wait until he until he fucks off." And then it cuts to above this water, and then. Donald Sutherland's body floats to the surface. Yep. Were they just holding on to it in the van and they're like, now let him go and push him out? Yeah, you know, I just, that's why I assumed when I, when I watched it, I was like, oh, he's not going away. Doesn't trust. Oh, kick, kick the dead guy out. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's the Italian job. Cut to one year later. They found Steve. He lives in LA and 
all the things that they wanted to spend the money on, like he's just got one of each. Because yeah, he has he has no imagination. Uh, Marky Mark goes to Stella, who is John um, Donald Sutherland's daughter. Uh, she's a safecracker as well, but like a legitimate one. She works for like she um, uh, consults with the FBI and stuff like that. He's a good girl. He goes to her to recruit her. She tells him immediately to fuck off, and then almost as immediately changes her mind and says that she's in. Right? Yes, I want to see the guy who's killed my father. What he looks like when I steal his gold. Something like that. I had an idea about this as I was writing this note yesterday. Would it have been better if it was the other way around? Well, if the daughter had died? No, 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 no. If Charlie's Theron approaches Marky Mark ah. and says, I found him. He lives in... She wants revenge. Yeah. She's found him. He lives in LA trying to get Marky Mark and his crew to come back. Like, they've moved on. Yeah. And they don't want to do a job because what they say repeatedly through it don't get emotional or don't bring emotion to it or something like that. And initially he's like, no, I don't want to don't want to get involved because, you know, emotion and stuff like that can go sideways. And then immediately changes his mind because he has a chat with it with like Jason Statham or something. I don't, I don't know if it would have been better, but it, I mean, it would have made more sense than Charlie's Theron just randomly changing him, her mind after five minutes. Yeah. And you'd assume that the one person who wants the revenge the most would be the daughter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, she's she's uh, she's really ashamed that her father was a criminal in the first place, and that that's why she thinks that he got dead. So she probably doesn't. That's why she doesn't want to do anything illegal, right? Mark introduces Stella, who drives too fast, to the crew, and it has like a little bit of backstory for everyone, um, just a little tiny bit for each person. I'm going to argue, handsome Rob is way too famous to be involved in any of this. <laughs> That's a very fucking good point. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about that. <laughs> He's been live on TV with, with his little getaway driver. But right? for, for for listeners who did what uh, unaware, this is he show his backstory is he had like the longest police chase in history like he's actually served time like he was on television and he had like a hundreds and hundreds you know hundreds and hundreds of love letters <laughs> yeah he's too famous to be being involved in this <laughs> i never thought about that that's a pretty fucking good point <laughs> so they come up with their plan to get the money back from steve the gold back from steve um the basic plan idea is get from steve's house to union station and then get on a train and then fuck off from there the problems. The problems with this are the traffic takes fucking ages to get there. They try. It takes like, I don't know, 30 minutes to an hour, I think he says. Yeah. So that's the first part. There's three problems, actually. The traffic takes ages to get there. They don't know where in Steve's house the gold is. Yep. And problem number three, gold is fucking heavy. Yeah. The answers to these, right, I've written these down. What do you think of the, what their answer to this? The traffic, their plan for the traffic is Lyle breaks into the traffic control system so that he can change the lights. It works, but uh, yeah, it works and he's pretty good at it. So yeah, yeah, good. I'll accept that. Good idea. Where in the house is the gold? Stella, Charlie's Theron, she poses as an internet technician, infiltrates the house, 3D scans it. I only have one question about why did they choose Stella, the one who's most likely to lose her shit and beat the crap out of him on site? Uh, because it, he knows who everyone else is. Oh, yeah, of course. Although... Still, 
still, that is a bit dangerous. It is a little bit. That girl, Becky, that they steal the uniform from, they could have just hidden a camera on her uniform and just sent her to the place. She never would have checked the closet where the safe was. Right, good point. I'll give you that. Okay, so we're happy with that. Apart from the sketchy 3D scanning technology, I'll, I'll give them that. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's a bit dangerous sending in the person with the biggest grudge against them. But, you know, she's a professional. She handles herself. So, fair news. Yeah, she does all right. So, good. We'll give... So, point one, good. Point two, yeah, okay. We'll give you that. Good. Problem three, gold is fucking heavy. Mm. Their plan, use cars. Good. Minis. Minis, okay. Their plan is... Drive them inside the house. Hmm. I'm calling this fucking bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to call the same thing. (laughs) But again, good job, Lyle, for measuring things. Right. Okay. Like I, I did check the original, the original uh, 1969 version to see what they did with the minis in that one. Yes, they kind of drive them indoors, but it's through like shopping malls, which are quite wide. Yeah, and like um, a museum or something. Yeah, so I'll give them that. But their plan is to drive it through this guy's house. The hallways. The hallways are quite wide, they say, They say right? Wide enough for a mini. Just. Just. That's the important thing. Fucking just. They do that obstacle course, and they cut it together with like a 3D, the 3D scan of the building. You notice when, when the car does the corner, it cuts to like a, it cuts to the 3D model. And it just spins like that on a dime. Impossible. <laughs> it's like you can't you can't do that in a real car. Well, I mean, handsome handsome Rob can. <laughs> no, that I'm calling bullshit. You can't do that. You wouldn't be able to do the corners. You can't turn the corners yeah, it, in that. It's everything's too it would close. Be impossible. You get caught in the middle. You get wedged. You don't think it, you don't think get wedged, or, or you smash through a wall. You'd be doing that thing from Austin Powers where he tries to do a Yui in a tunnel. That's the 79-point turn. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's dumb. The idea is fucking dumb, all right? Whose idea was that one, Jeff? That was on... That that was on Marky Mark, wasn't it? That was his idea. It was on Marky Mark, yeah. yeah. But who made it... Who who made it possible? Was it possibly Lyle with the measurements? Oh, idiots, all of them. Um... Like it nearly lost me with this. If they'd gone through with this, I would have been like, "No, I'm out." So fortunately, uh, fate smiled upon them, and luckily, yeah, because like even when uh, uh, Becky, sorry, in disguise as Becky, is uh, is there, he asked asked her out for for dinner or something, right? She's like she's really hitting them, and uh, that saves their asses. The fact that they go to dinner because it scares the crap out of him, and then he decides to move his gold. So that should have just been. That should have just been part of the plan. It, it's not the reason why they abandoned the plan, though. They abandoned the plan because there was a party next door and they couldn't blow the gates. Oh, shit, yeah. I forgot about that. But the plan with the minis and driving the minis through the house, no matter how fucking stupid it is that they couldn't like do corners and stuff like that and driving through the house with three minis also. Three minis back-to-back would probably be from his front door to where the safe was anyway. Um <laughs> These aren't even the classic minis. These are the uh, the souped-up ones that are a lot wider. Yeah, like the modern-day ones, which are roughly the size of a normal car. I know, because I've got one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the um, All of this is academic, though, because every single door, entrance, and gateway into the house that they show is the size of a normal door. <laughs> I didn't realise that. 
You can't get them in the building in the first place. <laughs> Fucking hell. All right. Okay. I've got, I go out to you. Marky Mark fails again. All his hallways inside the house, yeah, wide enough for a car, but all the doors to his house are the actual size of a door. Oh, so it, literally impossible as well as theoretically impossible. But yeah, no, they biff it anyway because there's a party next door and they can't do, they can't blow the gates up. So then she has, then she has to go on that date. That by that by the way that by the way is not Mustaf's fault, so he still has a perfect record. He does have a perfect record. Well done, yes. <laughs> as does uh, as does Lyle, by the way, and also uh, Stella. So far, in fact, Stella gets uh, Stella actually gets bonus points because she accidentally makes the the backup plan that saves. Yeah, she goes through with the backup plan, isn't it? Which is go to the go to the the very fucking creepy date with um with um. Uh, Edward, you creepy ass bitch, Norton. Yes, please hang off my handlebar moustache, Norton. So they stand down. Stella goes to the date, and during the date, she says John's catchphrase, which he said during the 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 thing. Which I didn't watch it back, but I think from memory is I trust everyone. Um, I trust I trust everyone, just not the the devil that hides on their back or something like that. <laughs> Which is not the devil on their shoulder or something. <laughs> <laughs> the devil on their shoulder, whatever. Uh, or oh, devil within them? The devil within It's the devil in them I don't trust. Which I think it is the devil that's on their back or something. <laughs> <laughs> or the devil that's sitting on their shoulder. Anyway, that gives her away. He immediately goes, "Oh, I know you." And then uh, Charlie turns up and punches him in the face. So that's Char- Charlize Theron's uh, first uh, de- minus point. She kind of fucks that little bit up there a little bit. Side quest is worth a side note of what Steve's doing on the side. Steve's trying to sell the gold to like a like a broker who's part of the Ukrainian mob, who just happens to be like, isn't that who they like stole the gold from? Very possibly. This thing, he talks way too much, and at some point he IDs where the things are, and so Steve kills him. Like they're not they don't say that they stole the gold from him because it's mm. they'd notice straight away, right? That it was hey, you're selling us our gold. He just IDs where it's from. It's because he it, it it's and because he kills the guy and this uh he's part of the family, so they're they're slightly peeved. All he does is he IDs where it's from. There's no real reason to kill him. No. No, there wasn't. So Steve completely biffs it on that. There's no fucking reason why he would have done that. I mean, to be to be to be fair to Steve on that one, like uh, I guess. No, I can't think of it. I mean, being extra careful, hiding any kind of loose ends, but at the same time also opening yourself up to a world of pain from the Armenian mob. Ukrainian. Ukrainian. Even worse. <laughs> Ukrainian. You don't mess with mother nature. What's the big guy say? You don't mess with mother nature, mother-in-laws, and mother-effing Ukrainians. <laughs> so, yeah, all he does is... Yeah, you're right. All it does is, like, give him problems. So after after they, like, they show their hands that they're going to steal stuff from... Also, by the way, you know... <laughs> I didn't write this note, but I've just remembered it. You know when they're doing surveillance on Steve's house from the van? Yeah, when she's inside. Well, even before that, they're just sat in a van that's opposite his house. Okay. It's like super obvious that they're there. <laughs> it's not hidden down the road. Yeah, they, don't, they, don't, they don't even have blacked out windows. They don't have blacked out windows. It's just like a van opposite his house. Even even later when they're in the minis, 
the very very identifiable minis when the when the um bank when the armored trucks turn up it's just they're like three feet from his gate they just watch him go in <laughs> yeah steve, steve basically fucks up throughout the the only thing he does well in this movie steve is uh painting the square yeah, all he does is paint the square and no two guys <laughs> and no two guys <laughs> but to be fair to be, to be fair to her, it's a fucking good square the next day uh the problem is the problem steve's moving out the gold today he's got spooked he's fucking off <laughs> their solution to this like they, they do this same day like it's already daylight when they go oh yeah fuck it we'll just rob him today then is copy the italian job what they did in italy yeah okay yeah almost yeah it was a successful plan. The successful plan so far. They used the. They copied the um, blowing a hole in the floor, the size of the thing that you're trying to steal. Okay. Cracking the save, put it, putting it on to transport and fucking off. Good. Use multiple escape cars. Good. Um, and use the traffic diversion from your original plan. Good. Good plan. The second one. Yeah. Solid, solid plan. But also, I thought I, I quite like the identifying. I mean, this is another place where Steve fucked up royally. Yeah, like identifying the low low riding truck yeah. as the one that has the gold. Right. Like I, idea number one. Oh well, we'll use multiple trucks. That'll that'll throw them off. Good idea. Yeah. And then we'll leave two of them empty so that it's really obvious which one has the gold. Not such a good idea. I did also write this this note. Steve uses three trucks, one with gold and two decoys. If he had filled all three trucks with something, or with equal amounts, with equal amounts, at very like their plan was based on only they would be able to get one of them, and then he's still got two of them. Yeah, or they'll be running around going, "We don't know which one's got which one because we can't do the low ride check thing anymore because yeah. they're all the same." Like the worst thing that would have happened if he did e- easy like a uh, equal amounts in each truck is that they would have maybe he would have lost a third of his gold. He still was. Two thirds of it. Yeah, he'd be slightly peeved, but I yeah. think he'd get over it quite quickly. Yeah, and he'd be off, and he'd be out. So uh, yeah, no, absolute idiot. He he should have used the the three cars. But but barring that, he's a greedy he's a greedy asshole. So he wanted to keep all of the gold. Fair enough. Okay, why not load the other two trucks with an equal weight or something? We'll lower the suspension. Yeah, exactly. Fill it with TVs or something, or yeah, or fill with the suspension. Um. So, yeah, these are the curveballs that are thrown in their way. Like, one, it's on the same day that they, it's on the same day that they plan to do this. He uses three trucks. Um, he's watching in a helicopter. It's not much of a curveball. They knew that he would do that. Uh, oh, and he changes the safe. Yeah. So they, they got the picture of the safe. That's what they're all confident about. That was, that was, see, that was a good idea. Um, I would argue, uh, uh, Wrench. Wrench, the guy Wrench, the the mechanic who who does the cars. I like him. Yeah, he's always... Don't want to take that away from him. I want him to have his cut as well, because he did work on the cars. Yeah. Good work on the cars. I also like the fact that when he does introduce the cars, oh, I took all this weight out of the cars. If you look on the shelf, there are three of everything. Yeah. Remember that as well. It's not just random probes. uh, Random probes? probes. (laughs) It's not random props. I can those probes. Uh, but I'm I'm all for him getting a cut, but I don't think he was needed yeah. in the actual heist itself. No, I don't think he was needed in the. He's, he's done his job. Yeah, give him his cut. Walk away. I think in the va- in the truck up at the top, the Pepsi Max truck, 
outside the Chinese theatre. Yeah, I would argue that should have been Moss Def. I would agree with you on that. I was about to say. I was about to say a thing that it's demolition. Yeah. That's his job. Because re- and what? Well, at this point, at this point, what was Moss Def? He was just in Jason Statham's car. Yeah, I'm watching it right now, and he's in Jason Statham's car. So, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> there's, there's a bit like Moss Def's job is the explosive stuff. He gets to set it, set it off, but Wrench gets to walk away cool from an explosion. And I'm going to give a, a big minus point to Moss Def for not taking that chance. No, I think it's Mark Wahlberg's fault. Moss Def's not. <laughs> it's not Moss Def's fault. No, it, it, <laughs> no he, he should he should have known. He should have known that he gets to walk away cool from an explosion. He should have argued his case. <laughs> Jason Statham's role in this, I didn't write this down, but I was just thinking about it. Jason Statham's role in this is like he's the driver, but they all drive. So his thing is lessened a little bit yeah i mean he is clearly the most skilled driver but yeah they do have two other drivers now so they still they steal the gold by blowing a hole through the through through um through the street and the truck falls into the um subway they nick it from there actually i will also mention one more thing about the driving because i've just seen it on the screen not only is jason statham one of the three drivers as opposed to the wheel man but Wahlberg, Wahlberg's car is in the lead. It's the first car. Yeah, Statham's on 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 rear. He's right at the fucking back. Uh, they steal the gold and they all escape except for Marky Mark because um, Norton goes after him specifically. How does he know from a helicopter from the sky which who's in what car? Well, it's fairly obvious that Marky Mark's favorite color is red. Isn't Marky Mark in the blue one? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Check the video. He's right. He's in the blue one, right? <laughs> I can only see the inside of the car. I know that Jason Stane is in the white one. Yeah, Charlize Theron's in the red one because her normal car is a red mini. Shut, shut up. <laughs> and Marky Mark's in the blue one. It's really hard to scroll to exactly where you want on fucking YouTube, isn't it? <laughs> I know the inside is grey. Inside of Charlize Theron's is grey as well. <laughs> he is in the blue one. You cunt. <laughs> Sorry, let's de- delete that word. They get away with it until he gets cornered by the helicopter. The helicopter, what did you think of the bit with the helicopter where the helicopter goes under the underpass and cuts him off? Um, he could have just driven through the helicopter, torn it apart. I thought the helicopter bit was a little bit over the top. Um, that helicopter pilot would have turned that down. He would have said, no, I'm not doing that. It's a lot of gold. Yeah, is the helicopter pilot getting a cut of that? I don't think he is. And why the fuck is he working for him? I think he's just like a re- he's just like he's just hired a helicopter for the afternoon. <laughs> no, he must know. He must, he must be getting a cut. There's no way he'd be doing this dangerous shit for like ten dollars an hour. Exactly. No, if he's just hired a helicopter guy for the afternoon, yeah, he's just going to fly around above stuff. But yeah, no, you'd have to give him a cut <laughs> to get him to go under uh, underpass. That's how fucking dangerous is it? Um, and like you'll notice that you'll notice that uh, Steve's offering cuts of gold to everyone. Please, please don't kill me. Have half of my gold. Um, even so, he doesn't even he even he even offers it to wrench, doesn't he? Tries to t- tries to buy wrench at some point. Oh yeah, right at the end. Yeah, he tries. To, so yeah, everyone gets away. They get on the train, and then um, then then Steve turns up at the train. He tries to offer wrench money to get on the train, which he does. But that's part of the plan, you see. Because now he's stuck on the train, and now the Ukrainians have turned up. Booyah. And also, 
fair play, wrench. You're a, you're a, you're a good guy. Yeah, we thought you we we thought we thought you'd uh, turned, but no, all part of the plan. And the Ukrainians drag Steve off as as he starts to whimper to what I assume is a cruel and painful death. Well, he does describe it. He wants to in, well, he wants to possibly hire him for a job because he's going to introduce him to their machinery. Yeah, no, so he's dead, isn't he? <laughs> Not today, and possibly not tomorrow. Been a couple, but soon. And in the meantime, it just be a little bit painful. Um, so yeah, that's 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 the film as a whole. Is there anything else that we um that we haven't mentioned uh, before we go into some beside uh, behind the scenes stuff? I do I do believe that the ranking of uh, awesomeness of abilities. Oh yes, yes, yes. Number one, yeah. is Lyle. You've done this on purpose. <laughs> I, I have indeed. <laughs> now, if Moss oh. Def hadn't 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 chosen to had chosen to walk away from that explosion, it would be an equal number one for them both. All right, okay. But he did take that opportunity, <laughs> so he comes into a number two, mm. followed shortly by oh, actually technically Wrench. Wrench does his job, yeah. Wrench, 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 and Lyle number one. Moss Def number two. Uh, Shelley's Theron number three. Hurts my heart. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I can't decide between Marky Mark or Donald Sutherland which one gets the last place because one of them is still alive. You haven't mentioned Statham yet. Uh, Statham, oh shit, yeah. Handsome Rob. Well, he doesn't really fuck up, but well, he does. He drove off a bridge. He does. Yes, he drove <laughs> off a bridge. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the bin. <laughs> He, he, in fact, he started the entire problem. Yeah. Just drive around the car, mate. Yeah. And then Marky Mark's at the bottom. Yeah, I think Jason Statham, then Marky... It's either Marky Mark or Donald Sutherland, only because Donald Sutherland died. He didn't fuck up his job other than the fact that he got shot and died. Although he yeah. was a very successful decoy. Everything is... Yeah, no, in death, he did redeem points. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Marky Mark, I'd put at the bottom because he's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Lyle is number one. You fucking just put this in the done this film. Um, <laughs> and even his plan to blow off a girl's clothes is successful. At murdering her. You only assume that she was off screen. She might just be deaf. They can put her liquefied remains in the fucking in the back of the mini. Answer the question: Did her clothes come off? I assume they don't really show it. I just assume that she died. But you do see a big fucking grin on his face. I don't think he'd be grinning if she like exploded. You don't know. He's a sick fuck. <laughs> Apparently, if he grins at that, he would be. But he... if okay, <laughs> if she's dead, then okay, Mostaf number one. If she's not dead and just merely naked, then fucking he's definitely number one. Anyway. Um, all right. What do you know about the, the? Do you know anything about the making of this film? Um, they used cameras. That's the level that I was that I was hoping for. Okay, it's it's, it's quite good. Um, there's quite a lot to say about this film, actually. Right. So links to the original, right? The original film. It's mostly in name only, right? It seems to be. Mm. Paramount wanted a remake, so they want they tasked writers specifically to make it. The writers at the time had not seen the original. Oh, really? They watched it once on purpose 
because they didn't want to just copy it wrote scene for scene. They just wanted it to be like inspired by rather than a copy of. Yeah, fair enough. So it's got the bus. It's got um, Charlie, uh, not, um, Charlie, what's his name? Marky Mark's character name is the same as my Michael Caine's. Yeah, yeah. The film is actually playing in the background of one of the scenes. Really? Yes. Um, I did not see that. I think it's on Steve's TV before it breaks. Oh, that's cool. I like that. I like little things like that in movies. That's awesome. Um, there's the bus at the beginning. The idea of it being gold bars. Yeah, the bus teetering the, on the edge of something. Although it does crash instead of just cliffhangering. But... Um, and also the idea of using a traffic jam yep. as part of the heist. And the three minis. That's the big thing. The minis. The minis are the cornerstone of this. But I mean, the, the, even from the original, that was the... That was, the epic thing from there, everything, everyone remembers that about it. The three minis, red, blue, and white. Charlie's Theron's car, the one that her personal car, not the one that she uses for the heist, is an old style mini that's similar to the ones that were used in the films. Yeah, I remember that as well. Uh, the original film. The models used for the actual heist, though, are the updated, redesigned BMW minis when BMW bought, bought Mini out. Equally controversial at the time. Especially in Britain, the new design didn't go down well. Yeah, and no, everyone for this movie, especially everyone, kind of wanted to see the original minis, but not not a big problem. But their appearance in this movie actually helped sales and change like the mood and reception to the new design of mini, and they actually had an uptick of sales after this. Okay, uh, during the filming, they used thirty-two Mini Coopers. Really. <laughs> But they kept tr- they kept trashing them. Well, yeah, and they had like different builds for different purposes and stuff like that. Like they had a couple of stuff. Oh, I see. The actors did most of the driving. Yeah, they actually sent them away to camp, <laughs> and apparently they came up to Charlie's Theron and said, "You should go to camp a little bit early and do a little bit more training because you know." And it- but because she's a girl, or because she can't drive very well. <laughs> because of the girl thing because uh, she's a girl and therefore oh jesus <laughs> and therefore. Uh, but she fucking ate, ate all of it apparently and she turned out to be the best driver was 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 handsome rob the second best driver by any chance i have no idea uh, i assume so because he's always, always in those driving movies <laughs> moss def needed the most um the the most driver training and he only drives in like one one scene in the film um because he didn't actually have a license at the time. Really? See, I knew I had something in common with with Mustaf. There's also there's special. They did most of the driving. There were a couple of cars that they built that had a second steering wheels, um, so that a hidden stunt driver could drive from either the passenger seat or the rear rear seat. I don't know which one. Um, whilst the actor was in the front. Okay. And then they had to build, this was before electric cars, they had to build two special electric versions because when they drive through the metro, they actually drive through the real metro, real, real metro stations and through the real metro tunnels. And the authorities, the authorities wouldn't allow ow, petrol-driven cars down there. Because of possible explosions or something? Or? Fumes and shit like that. Okay. So they had to build electric versions of the cars before electric versions of cars were really a thing. So they had multiple versions. Also, they fucked a load up. <laughs> yeah, <I assume. laughs> that's what when you said thirty times. That's what I assumed first. 
Apparently, Charlie's Theron was so good at the driving, she got in trouble driving home from shoots because she wouldn't slow down. <laughs> okay, she's just gone up at one point on my <laughs> my rating now. The helicopter scene, which I can't, which I when I saw it, I thought this is the dumbest, most CGI obvious moment of the entire film. It's not. It's hundred percent real. Really? They actually got a helicopter down. Like they fudged some of it. It's all practical effects still. None of it's CGI. Like when the tail rotor hits the car, that's a that's... prop tail rotor. They wouldn't actually do it with a real helicopter because it would yeah. blow the thing up. But the the idea of the helicopter going under the underpass, it weaving and bobbing to stop him from leaving, hundred percent real. That's a, that's amazing. I I I genuinely thought that was CGI. Yeah. So did I. I thought it was the dumbest moment as well because of that. But then I found out, oh, no, it's real. So you get props for that now. Definitely. That helicopter pilot. He's ranking higher than Marky Mark now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, the main, the main juice of this, the Edward Norton situation. When you watch this film, did you not think that it was slightly weird that Edward Norton was in it? He seems misplaced, right? Yeah, I would agree with that. Well, he's... He's out of place in this movie because he abjectly did not want to be in it. Why? What? Why? Right. So when he started out, his first film was Primal Fear, right? Brilliant film. Which Paramount, that was a Paramount film, which this one is as well. Paramount took a risk on him and they signed him to a three film contract. You do this film for us, Primal Fear, and whether you're big or not. You get to do two more. You do two more films for us, but at cut rate. So that, that means if he becomes like an Oscar winner or like an award-winning person off the first film... They can get a fantastic actor on the cheap. They can get a fantastic actor for Taylor Kitsch money. Yeah, <laughs> Taylor Kitsch money. <laughs> <laughs> that was a perfectly time dig at Taylor Kitsch. Mean and unnecessary, but perfect. <laughs> and Primal Fear, Primal Fear, he did do well. He won a Golden Globe. He was um, uh, Oscar nominated and BAFTA nominated for that film. Did very well. And now he's an A-lister straight away off his first film. And they're like, cool, Taylor Kitsch. We'll get him for two more. But he got final say whether or not he did films or not. Okay, They wouldn't force him to do a film. So they kept sending him offers. But he, but he has to, but he has to at some point do two films with them because it's in the contract. Yeah, that was the idea. So they kept sending him offers, and he kept saying no because he wanted more money, obviously. Because he was doing bigger films with other people, so basically he was trying to ride it out. He was trying to see if he could time out the contracts, maybe wait like two years or something like that. Anyway, years and years went by of him just saying no, I'm not doing it. No, I'm not doing it. No, I'm not doing it. Send something else. When he got to Fight Club, he was up for Fight Club with. That which is twenty first century, twentieth uh, century Fox. Yeah, yeah. Basically, Paramount get, sent a cease and desist to twentieth uh, century Fox, saying, "No, you can't have him. He's got to do this film for us." And twentieth century just went, "Look, we're not getting involved. You need to sort this out with them. Otherwise, we'll just go with someone else." And he really wanted Fight Club, so he went to Paramount, hashed it out with them, and managed to get like. Instead of two films, I'll do one film for like a million or something. But still, I get final say. You can't force me to make something. So he makes 
Fight Club with 20th Century Fox. That's all green now. And Paramount keeps sending him stuff, and he still keeps saying, no, not doing it. No, I won't. No. And then finally, they just got pissed off and said, do this, do this, or we'll sue you. Fair enough. Um, I don't know why they decided to cash it in for this. I don't know what else they had on the slate, but they could have, like, you know, like, I'm not saying this film is bad, but it's like, you used it for this? Yeah, which was a bit a bit, a bit of a gamble, really, seeing as most of England might be pissed off in the first place that Italian Jaws being remade. You had a free Edward Norton ticket, and you decided to cash it in for the Italian job. It seems odd. Um, anyway, he argued back, saying, you said that you promised that you wouldn't, like, force me to do something. And they just doubled down and saying, tough, you're doing this one. Um, he wasn't bad in the movie, though. Like, he did a, still did a pretty good job of his character. He, did. he was very open about the fact that he didn't want to do it. He was a dick to literally everyone on set. Oh, shit. Clash with the director just for funsies. Like he has a uh, he has a um, reputation for being being a bit of a diva anyway, but he went hell for leather on this. He was such a cunt to everyone, and um, is that why he hasn't been in movies for a while? <laughs> he he refused to do promotion for this, and like if anyone interviewed him about it, he was just like, "Yeah, no, I didn't want to do it. I was forced to do it." When the film finally did quite well. Because it did quite well. It was uh, critical and commercial success. The producers sent gift baskets to all the main cast, including him, and he just sent it back with a note that said, give this to someone you actually like or someone who actually likes you. Huh. I used to like it, but no one, that's a bit dickish. Apparently he is a bit of a, he's always been a bit of a diva um, and his his attitude only got worse. When he was in the incredible, he was in the Incredible Hulk, right? Yeah, but he's not in the MCU. They had to replace him with Hollywood's nicest guy, Mark Ruffalo, because he was an absolute dick on set all the time and wouldn't play well with anyone. So the idea of bringing him into the MCU was just a no go. So he just got replaced. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're going to need to be a slightly good team player to be in multiple films with actors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly you're not going to sign a ten- like after the fucking the problems with with him uh with paramount like no one would go let's sign this guy up for a 10-year movie deal yeah no probably not. hey man we've got the avengers coming up will you be in it no <laughs> and to be fair he wasn't a very good hulk either i haven't actually seen the incredible hulk i just People do count it as part of the MCU, but I don't. I skip over it every time. I don't. I mean, uh, they they involved. Uh, I think in uh, his his one, the bad guy was Tim Roth as mm. uh, Abomination. They involved yeah. Abomination in the She Hulk series, so I guess yeah. in that way it's kind of canon. But yeah, General Ross as well is also the same guy as in the main MCU. Yeah. But I mean, like, but uh, Edward Norton as as Bruce Banner, what he wasn't. He wasn't that great, to be honest. Mark Ruffalo did a way better job. Yeah, agreed. I also believe that Tony Stark turns up in post credit scene of Incredible Hulk. Oh, no, I can't remember. Sorry, ages yeah, ago. yeah. He has a chat. With, <laughs> he has a chat with um, General Ross. It's the only part of the film I've seen. It's on YouTube. Um, but yeah, and that, dear sir, is the Italian job. What score are you giving this? I love this movie. It's so, so it's 
so watchable. Yeah. And rewatch and rewatchable. Like, I mean, it's not the not the most genius movie ever made. It's not. It's it's got a great soundtrack. I really like the cast, even though now I found out that Edward Norton's a bit of a dick. Uh, I really like the storyline. I I I I, genu- I genuinely really like heist movies. Usually, they, where they it's like, I, lo- I love Ocean's Eleven, that kind of thing. Bit of a clever story. Yeah, it's really good. I love it. I give it a eight point five to nine. I'm going to uh, go with the general consensus and say seven. I'm happy with seven. Yeah, I'm mostly there. Like yeah, it's, I like the fact that it comes. There's a bit in it in the middle where I hate it, and I'm like, don't do the mini in the house thing. And then it goes, no, we're not going to do that. Thank God. But you are dumb for thinking it would work in the first place. <laughs> yeah, there is that. Okay, eight eight point five. But but yeah, I, this is like such a rewatchable movie. There's some really great lines in it. A little. A, a nice little bit of spattering of comedy that isn't too over the top where they're just trying to be funny. It's good. All right. Is there anything else to say about um, the Italian job? I wish it's, there was more Italy in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do I do I continue to... I'm going to find a different way to end these shows because I, I always ask you, where do you want to be found? And you always go, don't find me. Um. <laughs> um yeah. um yeah uh, you you can find me on instagram and uh facebook i guess but i don't think it's that it's not it's not necessarily that i don't want people to find me it's more like i don't think people want to find me so if you want to if you want to find me go ahead (laughs) (laughs) i don't mind you can find me on uh you can find i don't know you can where can i find me i'm still trying to find me you can find me online at the Badger's Apprentice or Badger's Apprentice. I can't remember which service had the the in or not. Uh, we're on YouTube, TikTok, um, and Twitter. Uh, I think that's it. And um, uh, we'll see you next week. Say goodbye, Carl. Bye. Please find me. I'm so lonely. Peace out, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>